All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. The Jason Greger Show, the first ever Monday edition of The Greger Show. On Sports 1440, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us, making us part of your day. Uh, we love being here. Like uh, having uh, all the sports fans listening at Sports 1440, watching or listening online at the uh, Orders Nation YouTube. You can go there. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button because uh, if you're a subscriber, we'll be uh, giving away tickets in uh, October as a thank you for all those who uh, who subscribe to the show, which will be... Uh, should be very easy. All you do is got to hit a button. All you got to do is uh, is hit a button. So, see how that goes. Now, we uh, welcome in. He will be our Monday and Thursday co-host. Very excited to have it. Of course, uh, former uh, NHLer. He's also uh, now a world champion in uh, ball hockey, and of course, TV star in Shorzy, Terry Ryan, Tr. Welcome back to the show. How was your weekend, my man? Thanks very much. It was good. One of those um, very players I won the ball hockey uh, worlds with last week, Chris Sparks. He's getting married next weekend, so oh. this particular weekend was stag time. Oh, so. geez. Uh, is, that, is that why your hat's still on backwards right now? <laughs> it's it's one of the reasons. Yeah, That's why <laughs> a lot of things are happening today. It's a two-day hangover, as you would expect, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'm back and I'm, I'm happy. Oh, yeah, that's good. So, um. Do you, yeah, I see you're drinking water. So do oh, you, yeah. do you, you know, now you're into your, 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 your mid forties, TR, uh, are your hangovers longer or that, you know, have you wised up on how to avoid them? What, what's your thoughts on hangovers? 
No, they get worse. <laughs> generally, uh, generally what happens here, once a weekend, I go out and tie one on with the boys. Usually it's uh, Friday after hockey. If not, it's something on Saturday. It's a nice little area we got downtown. I don't know if you heard of it, George Street. Oh, I've, Lots been, of I've heard of it. Pet. You've heard of it. There you go. It's a, it's a party atmosphere. It's a fun atmosphere. It's not just party. I mean, it gets that's the rep, but it's patios. It's a very European downtown we have, being hundreds of years old, obviously, mm-hmm. the oldest city in North America, arguably, but, you know, we're talking about days. Um, so it's always an interest. I love hanging out down there. Lots of live music, always is, and uh, things to do. So on an event like a stag party or something, it's usually the obvious option. And uh, we finished it out with a Beatles cover band that night, and Ooh. I don't remember getting home. It was a success. Uh, now, I know you love the live music. Are you a singer? Like, do you karaoke? Do you, or, you know, do you lewd live singing, maybe even non-karaoke? Are you a singer? I generally sing with with the band. Like here, oh, okay. here I've, I've, I've gone down forever. Even when I was playing, you know, it's a destination, especially on road trips and everything. Teams come in, you hang out on George Street. Um, the, the bar I hang out at the most, Greensleeves, uh, the gentleman's, my, my buddy's who owns it, his name is Stephen Hancock. His dad started it in the 80s, and we, I've just been a, part of the furniture there man my dad used to hang out there so it's a, it's a live music spot as are most places so i know a lot of the bands around and the live entertainers so i get up and sing the odd tune you know easy layups like johnny be good the apartment song rave on you know songs that you don't have to go sounds like you know what you're doing but you don't really have to have a range for that you just got to know the words okay so now something tells me you don't mind the performance aspect of it so like do you get into it a little bit as the lead singer at times well, I, I definitely do. That's part of it when I'm down there. And it's usually, you know, I sh- I would never go down on my own and say, hey, let me up on stage. It's usually I'm there with a group like this weekend or, hey, Davey, Davey White, can you let – give me give me three, Terry, okay? And then I'll go up. They know exactly what – we did the Grundy County auction. There's one that gets everybody going. Okay, yeah. little uh, country tune, John Michael Montgomery. Anyway, any list of the – and again, after going almost every weekend for all these this time, And really knowing a lot of the people, I ran a bar down there for a while. I was also a rep for Mill Street Brewery. I was a Red Bull rep for a while. So it seems that all my journeys locally take me to George Street. And, you know, I got a good rapport with the bar owners and stuff. Rarely karaoke, to be honest. Okay. But I'll get down there and get up and sing live with a band once every three times I go down. Now, do they ever have, like, poetry night where you're out there reading poems? Uh, There are things like that. I've gone down on those kind of nights. They... There are. Those aren't obviously as well attended, and they're more eclectic. There's little yes. places to go in town, like maybe a coffee shop. But I've gone down and read chapters of my books more than once. Okay. There's a Writers Alliance here, and I just signed up for it. Why not? You know, and I met people that are, you know, that are literally poets that I probably wouldn't come across. But I am an author. It's part of what I do. So I went to the University Air Memorial uh, from where I graduated ten years ago now, and just you know I found out about the Writers Alliance, so I put my name in there, and it's a nice to, it's nice sometimes to do that with a completely different group. Right. I go down there. It's not necessarily hockey players. These are people that are some tourists. Some people are down for a coffee. Some people uh, want to go to a maybe a play that night at the LSPU Hall, and they're stopping by for a quick coffee somewhere. And I'm reading the part of my book. You know, I don't know. I like to. It's um, I won't say challenging, but it's it, it it's not always easiest to go down and read something like that. Your your art, if you want to say. Oh, I would guess the stories that I wrote. Yeah. But you know, those people are looking for something different, or, or or you know, an entertaining afternoon. And I figure, why not? That does happen here and there. Well, maybe we'll have to come up with some sort of sports fourteen forty 
poem and we'll, we'll co-write it and have you present it sometime. And that would uh, hey, you know, get some involvement from that. any type of writing. To be honest with you, I told you before, um, I really a lot of the writing and everything happens to uh, I don't know if you want to call it anxiety. Anxiety gets such a bad rep nowadays. Yeah. Sometimes I deal with that. Like I, I figure, you know, early on, my, my mom and dad used to make me make is a strong word, but strongly suggest growing up that I read or write for a half hour. And, and when I would do that. I found it even then to be therapeutic. I didn't know what was happening, but it calmed me down a little bit. If you haven't noticed, I'm very high strung. And so all that stuff happens as a way to harness the anxiety in the right way. That might be a positive, you know? No, makes sense. That whole, that whole, you know, my way of dealing with things isn't always to go go to the doc, even though a lot of people need that. I'm not underestimating anxiety. The type of that I get um, is thankfully very it's workable with uh, writing and spending time doing creative stuff. Yeah, sometimes just calming down and you know, take your mind off of other things. You're not in your own head and thinking and thinking about the same thing. So I totally yeah. understand that, which leads me to my first question. Here we are. Rookie camps are, are starting uh, right away. Now, I don't. when you became a rookie, I'm not even sure they had the rookie tournaments back then. I don't think they did. did yeah, they? they did. They did? Okay. Oh, so yeah. do it you remember? Fight, 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 fights, fights, fights. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's so now you're you – know, People see Terry Ryan, they're like 50-goal scorer in junior and, you know, eighth overall draft pick. But you were never shy from dropping the flippers and going at it. And I know it, at times you probably look back yeah. and said, you know what, I probably shouldn't have fought as much. That, that Maybe that was a little bit of a detriment to me at times. But so you go take us back then. Like, was Terry Ryan your first rookie camp? Were you were you out there in all the Donnie Brooks as well? Oh, yeah, lots. Um, well, it's weird. Like, I, it was always kind of a, what, an extra – attribute that was a little bit of a bonus like yes in my it can draft be. year i think i had 20 something fights when i was 16 i remember enjoying it when i was 16 and even in the american league because i'm i guess we a score first i would think most of the places i played and um you know I, and, and but a middleweight i could handle myself so i i always found if i'm 16 you know my first fights i, I don't even know but if you look it's probably like it's i mean i know it's brendan witt it's Kale Hulse was my first fight as a 15-year-old. Dude, he's tough. Uh, you know, Mizey, like guys like that, because I knew I, I'm in my – it's why Ty Domi, my first NHL fight, I just – in my mind, I can't whoa, whoa, lose whoa. this unless the guy knocks me out. Your, I, 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 uh, your sorry, first NHL fight was Ty Domi? My first – actually, this is true. My first fight was Steve Leach at home against Boston. Okay. And the next night, Jock Demers asked me if I wanted to play. Before I went back to junior and played Spoke, do I want to play Toronto? And I promised my buddies – and a girl here that I was really hot on. Um, I I promised them at a party that I was going to fight Tidomi if I played him. I just really never thought as an 18-year-old I would get the opportunity. And I had an okay camp. But again, I, I knew fighting was a tactic to me too. I, I can't make myself score. But I can go out there and go hard. And if they don't think an 18-year-old fight Donald Brashear, well, I'll show them. You know, and I was always – and I think that's the Newfoundland, like I said, that the, the – you know, we, we would always that was that would be most Newfoundlanders. I know our default button is hard work and, and show some balls, you know, yeah. and, and go out and do that. And, you know, you get everybody's respect and then you can breathe and then you might score a few goals. But that was also part of it. You talk dealing with anxiety within the game. There's a lot of games going on. And I used to think to myself, you know, am I going to sit here and take it from wit all year or am I going to go back at him and I get a little tiny bit of respect and then I get more room in front of the net to deflect that puck in. And I'm confident I just, you know, that happens to you. In my division where Shane Doan and Jerome McGinley, they were the best men at, at it. Uh, 
you know, we were, they would challenge Jason Parolin was another guy. I just remember the people I played against, and that was pretty universal. You know, you, if you went to the net hard against a guy like Struddy, Struddy wasn't dirty, at least not to me, but he played real hard. And if I showed any signs of weakness, guys like that clear you out in the front of the net, and I needed to be there to score. So there was always a combination of those things, and I got a little bit of that get away like you know there, there's a little snap factor so the, the, i don't think and i know there's a long way around your question i'll sum it up but my first year of the american league for example jay i had 34 fights yeah, i looked that up too much yeah right i mean but i wasn't like i wasn't thinking too much or too little at that time i was going out and playing no one told me not to um i'm not blaming anybody for that i was pretty good at it right um maybe maybe now i think Coaches would probably separate roles and things. It would be a lot more communicative, but whatever. I did it, and that was part of my gig, and I'm still here today, and I'm all right. How did the tilt with Domi go? It actually went all right. So the first one, I thought have to look that up in the break. This. Never wanting, like, really, I knew that I knew he it was biting off more than I could chew, okay? The, I did it for a story. I promised the boys. I mean, you're in high school. On the way to that game, I remember – the night before against Leach, riding my bike down there, I, I had a bike up in Montreal. I bought one at camp for like 100 bucks. And I remember uh, I hadn't signed yet. I got caught before the game. One of the scouts, um, I was I was scalping my tickets. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, you're on the have, You're playing your first game? And I said, well, I need a few hundred bucks. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, it's, it's true. <laughs> I went in. I asked Lyle Odeline and Mike Keane. I go, guys, like, who fights on the other team? I'm not normally that guy. I jump in. As Chris Nyland would say, you know, we're defenders kind of thing, right? I, I consider myself a defender. I'm not going to go out there and start one or, like, plan one. But in this case, I need to do it, guys. Like, I need to go out there. It's Montreal Forum. It's shutting down soon. I'm going to get a chance to plan it. So, sure enough, I hit Leach, like, just lightly as he was skating by the bench, and he turned around. He knew exactly what was up. And we had a great fight. It was back and forth. He was 32 going for a contract. I'm 18, first game. And then a puck came out of the corner and hit me and bounced in the net. I got a snipe. I couldn't believe it. I was playing with Turgeon and Recchi. So Demers came right down and said, do you want to play tomorrow night? And I knew what was up, man. And we went there the next day. And uh, I'd never warmed up in the way I'd never warmed up with the opposition because in the Western League, we weren't allowed to. It was too many brawls before the game. So in my Western League experience, I'd never had that happen. So I stayed on the I, I warmed up on the red line. I said, hey, Mr. Tomey, you want to play tonight? He said, who wants to fight Stevenson, Tomey or, or uh, uh, Thornton? I said, no, I want to. And he said, I'm not fighting an 18-year-old. I said, how do you know I'm 18? He said, I'm tied to me. I do my homework. That's part of the gig. Anyway, but he did. I went out there. This is on YouTube late in the first. And I kind of like shoved Schneider. I wasn't that guy to go after Schneider, but I, I knew he was behind me. Put me down with the first punch, but he let me, let me back up again. And we went pretty good. I remember... I'd never really thrown lefts, and I remember like learning to throw a left with the toughest lefty around on the logo at Leaf Gardens. It was wild. But, you know, in the penalty box, he had a great chat, and uh, he actually asked me to meet him after the game. And when we got to the place, he'd already left. But my buddies had flown up from O'Donnell High School, just graduated, and he had everything kind of in the corner and paid for us. I won't say where or what, but, uh, you know, he had some bottles there for us, and uh, he took care of us. Oh, I've always heard Ty was a great guy, but uh, good for you, man. That's quite the story. Uh, you know, you're a young 18-year-old kid, and you have a, a tilt and a goal in your first preseason game, then you're going against Ty Domi. Like, hey, Montreal and Toronto, man, that's obviously one of the legendary uh, rivalries yeah, yeah. In, in all of the NHL. So, and, and Ty Domi, man, like the thing about Ty Domi was, like it was hard to beat Ty Domi. 
because it was like his head was a cinder block. Like I, I seen him like Bob Probert must have landed twelve straight punches, and then Domi just takes it and boom, boom, he's right back in it. And man, he was, and he wasn't that big, but oh my goodness, he fought everybody. Yeah, I, I hurt my hand on his on his head. Like, like it, it, I actually still have a scar. It was wild. It was it was a lot to take in. And the the funny thing is, though, like I said, I didn't think about it. And the next year, same situation. He spun me around at center and said, "You owe me one." And I did. I couldn't say no. That one, I was not ready. I wasn't thinking about or whatever. But welcome to pro hockey. That's the way it goes. You're gonna drop your gloves. And once in a while, you know, people are going to know that and you're going to get a reputation and you're going to have the fight. Hence, 34, my first year. Terry Ryan joins us on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. We will uh, take a, a quick break. When we come back, a legend, a Hall of Famer. Now, I don't, I don't know if he's ever in fights in football, but this guy, one of the best arms ever as a QB. We're going to talk some quarterbacking mechanics next with Warren Moon on the Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Rolling through a busy Monday afternoon. Man, so much going on in the sports world right now. It is fantastic. I love it. If you are a sports fan, there is no shortage of sports stories, NFL, CFL, NHL coming up soon. It is outstanding. Jason Greger alongside uh, Terry Ryan. We're going to get to our uh, NFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on either an AC or your furnace right now at Legacy Heating and uh, Cooling. Uh, Warren Moon, one of the uh, the all-time uh, great quarterbacks, is going to be uh, joining us uh, momentarily, we're just uh, trying to track him down, which will be awesome. Uh, TR, true story. Uh, many moons ago, they had a great cup in Edmonton. And and part of it was uh, they played an indoor kind of flag football game at the uh, at the rink at West Edmonton Mall. Obviously, you, you've been there. And yeah. uh, so I got to play on Warren Moon's team. And so Warren <laughs> Moon's our quarterback. 
And uh, so, true story. So you're playing. There's some media guys and then some some former CFLers on there. And Warren gets in the huddle. And I know this is just like a fun game. Like five seconds into it, I'm like, okay, this guy's serious. Like, so he was telling oh, yeah. guys, you run this route, you run that route. And there was a camera guy, or not even camera guy, Graham Neal, who's kind of a funny guy. He comes out and he and he runs a route, but he kind of doesn't do it. And he's laughing about it. He comes back to the huddle and makes a joke. And Warren Moon looks at him and goes, funny guy. You're not getting a ball the rest of the game. <laughs> and he didn't throw him a ball. And he didn't get it? No, he didn't throw him another ball. Like, he was just like, hey, you want to make a mockery? I'm not mocking it. And so later on, and so one time I was wide open, and he didn't see me. But I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I come back to the huddle, and Warren Moon's like, hey, I missed you. You've been beating guys. Next one's to you. So a run, he goes, five-yard curl pattern. I line up on the outside, and I've never been that nervous. A five-yards tight curl. And before I turn around, the ball's there. And I caught it, and I'm just like inside. I was like, I might have won the the Super Bowl championship, the Great Cup at that point. But you have to be cool about it. So it's like, no big deal. But Warren Moon, like he threw that thing five yards, like and like man, it almost winded me. Like he had an absolute cannon. But it was so funny just how competitive he was. Like some guys are just wired that way. Like some guys, and it doesn't mean you're a bad guy if you're if you're wired that way. But I'm sure you played with some guys that they could never like have a fun game, right? Like everything is in it yeah. to win it. I have, I have, and I'm curious. That's a great story because, again, I've never been on the field with a pro football player. Oh. All the other, all the other above, I've something. I've, I've been there. I've, I've hit off someone that, or I've tried. I've been at bat against people who pitch AAA or whatever, like kind of simulating. You know, they played pro, but never. So that was quick. It was right. I, I was curious. I'd like to do that. Like, for some reason, again. I'm just getting into football. I'm fascinated by it all, more the storylines, and I like the week-to-week, how the games are way more important because there's less of them. I think it's magic how they market it all. Um, But to be out there, like I'd like to go to a fantasy camp. That's kind of – you. warm mood's throwing to you. You're kind of in that situation. 100% you are. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And and I I have – I won't mention names now, but I do play those alumni games, and I – I had to start playing them much earlier than I thought. Being that I was out by the time I was 23, really. But I could I could always still skate. I just had a high ankle sprain that uh, prevented me from playing pro, like I said. But yeah, some of them. And we go again. I won't mention names, but we go to some places. And you know, I guess the goal would be, you know, one of the one of the groups I go with, Wendell Clark and friends, for example, right? So it's Wendell Clark, Ally Afraidy, Rick Five. Um, a lot of older legends. It's often why guys like me get, uh, we got to carry the mail a little bit for like Rick five can score better than I can, but he's 60 odd years old now. So it's a nice mix. I get to meet Rick five. I can go out. I can play twice the time he can. Uh, Colt Nora has come to these things. Oh God. Dale Howard, Chuck, when he was living, he was at all of them. Uh, Andrew Shaw, my guest yesterday on tales with Tierra. I met him at one of these a few months ago. So we go, but once in a while, the host team, they they missed the memo on you know we're here because people want to see Wendell Clark with the puck. Yeah, we're 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 not going to play physical. We're going to play, but there's an open understanding here that you guys aren't going to be going hard, dumping and chasing, taking slap shots neck high against people with no helmets on, right? But sometimes, I mean, every like fourth team don't get that memo, and sometimes it gets heated. Well, I'll say it. I saw Ally Afraidy, oh. open ice Scott Stevens, a guy. This is recently. This is within a couple of years. Just. <laughs> just pile drove him at that center ice coming through anyway it happens once in a while and uh you know i guess know your role out there if, if we're coming to town you're probably paying to see i afraid and clark as opposed to you know some local that wants to do a 
button hook and go upstairs, you know? Well, hey, Al, I'm afraid he's one of the greatest skullets in NHL history. There's no question about it. And, man, that guy could shoot the puck. Oh, absolutely. He can still shoot it like oh, that. He's I such him. a great guy, too. Like, we go to these things. I talk him and him and Wendell. Uh, Ron Duguay is another oh, one. We go hair. to these things and, like, yeah, yeah. But, and people pay because they want they want to see you, right? So it's understandable if you just have a beer or a Diet Coke, whatever you're having afterwards, coffee, whatever your poison. And, and leaving, but you know, people much prefer if you stay for a little bit. And I've seen nine out of ten times, man, those guys stay and, and pretty much shut it down. They're appreciative of all the fans. And it's uh, remember we were talking leadership last week. It's still great to see that. I mean, I'm still learning. There's life lessons, not just hockey lessons, right? When you see Wendell Clark, who's accomplished everything that he's accomplished, and doesn't need the money or the fame, or and go into these little towns like Lewisport and really make people happy till two and three in the morning, it really means something. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If you're going to show up, then show up, yeah. right? I, I think that's totally fair. For somebody who shows up and then it's kind of like a fun sponge, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that at all. So, you know what? Uh, I've met a lot of different guys over the years. We play in the, in the, uh, Scotiabank, uh, or no, the Pro Am, Alzheimer's Pro Am in Edmonton. And, you know, we had Jeremy yeah. Ronick on our team one year. We had drafted him second. He was an absolute beauty. Absolute beauty. Like, beauty. Told stories to all the guys, hung out with everybody. Great guy. Joe Newendike, still one of the nicest human beings I've ever met with one of the great, like I knew Joe Newendike could shoot the puck, but when you're on the ice with Joe Newendike, and so we always made a deal. We're like, Hey, one shift, a period you have to show us. It used to be like a, in his case, a hall of famer. He's like, okay. And so one shift, he would light it up. And I remember he came across the blue line and his snapshot, like, it's harder than 99.99% of people's slap shots. And it was just an absolute laser, top shelf, goalie barely moved. And it was walking Gage, by the way. Sorry, Gager. But, um, and the guys on the bench are just like, and, you know, Joe comes back to, you know, and I think people, cause he's so just humble and quiet, but man, he was a killer. And Owen Nolan was another one we played with. And he, he was actually much better of a storyteller in the game on the bench because he was such an intense human being. Like, and he talked about how oh, yeah. when he played, you know, if he played on Toronto and then he was, and, you know, he's in San Jose and then he was on Toronto, he goes, I had no friends on San Jose. Like he was that serious. Right. And he was just like, yeah, yeah it didn't matter when the game's on. No one's my friend. And some, there's very few guys I'm friends with, like really friends. And so when we would play the game, you know, if some guy would stick him or something, even slightly, all of a sudden you could just see it. And the Irishman in would come out and then he'd tell everybody stories on the bench. But then once the game was over in the room, he was ultra quiet. So we would try to fire him up in the game. Because then we know we'd get better yeah. stories during the course of the game when he was sitting on the bench. But you know what's funny? You know that made him a better player, right? Oh god! Like a guy like that who's fairly rugged and he's strong and you know good shot. He just to me, Owen Nolan looked like a hockey player. Oh, you know, like he really mean. looked like a player. And knowing that would make him even just a little bit more mean and a little bit more effective. I love that. And by the way, Newendike, it's quick. I've, I've I said it when he played. He was one of the most underrated players. But as time is passing, more and more people don't bring up no Joe Newendike. I think he was one of the best of his generation, one of the most underrated players of that whole era. Oh, I, I would agree with you. Now, I need to know, Terry, I just noticed uh, your cat rolled in behind you, on, you know, had a big yawn and then uh, stretched one out. On, on, how many cats do you have? I got, I got a couple. And then my parents live real close by and they've got a couple. So just do you guys have cat? Uh, do you have cat parties? Is that what I'm hearing? Like when your parents my, come over? My daughter, look, we I got a lizard over there in the corner, a gecko. Um, we had a little dog and he passed away. It's just we, we would have I would have dogs. I, I love pets. I'm just not here enough. The cats are smart enough to fend for themselves. And in between my parents house, which isn't far, 
they can they can make like the dog would be lost dog would be absolutely lost wouldn't be able to be it would die of loneliness princess here behind me just She's cool seeing me every three days. Okay, awesome. Well, hey, we do have the uh, the Hall of Famer now joining us, uh, Warren Moon. Of course, uh, a career I don't have to tell Edmonton fans about, uh, Hall of Famer, CFL, NFL, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Warren, always good to, to have you on the show. Um, I, I want to get to, uh, first of all, just talking about quarterback mechanics, right? You, you obviously had one of the strongest arms we've ever seen. And no, some guys have strong arms. They're not accurate. But here we are in 2023 with more technology and more advancements than ever. And there's still a shortage of good quarterbacks. How come? There really isn't a shortage of good quarterbacks. There's a, a, a shortage of experienced quarterbacks and, and quarterbacks that have been in the league enough time to to get their feet wet, to kind of learn, you know, what it takes to be a professional, to kind of learn their way around the league and no personnel in that. We're drafting quarterbacks so much higher in the draft now and expecting them to play right away as opposed to giving them a year or two just to kind of get seasoned that and, and, and learn a little bit more, not only about what they need to do uh, technique-wise, but also what their offense is that they're going to be inheriting and also the players that they're going to be with that they have to learn. They have to learn their personalities they have to learn their uh, strengths and weaknesses as players so they're asking these young players like yesterday there was three rookies that started in the national football league for the first time in their first game uh that's a lot to uh to digest in a very short period of time so i don't think it's that we don't have good quarterbacks i think the quarterback position right now is as strong as it's ever been uh, i think it's coached as well as it's ever been coached but you still need that experience there's no there's no substitute for that so is it fair to say then maybe there's not enough patience overall for the position, either patience to let the young guys learn as backups? Like Aaron Rodgers was behind Brett Favre for two years on the sidelines before I ever played a game. And I wonder if that helps. Do you think there needs to be a different mindset from executives and coaches and how they develop the quarterback position at the NFL? Well, some people do have that mindset. Like you said, uh, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years actually behind Brett Favre. Uh, Jordan Love, their quarterback now, sat for three years behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes sat a year behind Alex Smith. So you can go on throughout the uh, the history of the league and see the guys who had a chance to kind of sit and learn. Even Tom Brady, you know, sat through his first year behind Drew Bledsoe. When you have a chance to sit and learn it and get yourself acclimated to what you're getting ready to go up against, it, it uh, takes a whole lot more pressure off of a young guy. And then if you're going to a team that's a, a really good football team where you're surrounded by pieces that help make your job easier, whether it's offensive line play, have a great running game that takes pressure off of you offensively, and then a great defense that's going to get you the ball back if you do make some type of mistakes, those things are going to help a young quarterback too, where a lot of the good young quarterbacks that come in the league in the first round at the top of the draft they're going to bad teams. That's why they're drafted so high. So they don't have all those things at their disposal when they go there, and sometimes they struggle early. Mr. Moon, it's an honor to get to interview you. I have a question. Uh, your situation was unique. So you you go down. You're, speaking of the three rookie quarterbacks I'm talking, so your first year in the NFL, you're coming off six years in the CFL of the most successful years, five championships, but there still had to be, I, I don't know, nerves or, or a level of you know a young player blossoming into an nfl player did it did that year feel like you were a rookie or you know i guess a lot of people would have looked at you looked up to you like a veteran because you had so much success you know explain that type of first year when you were in the nfl 
Well, I think uh, maturity was the uh, the right word for me. I was much more mature at 26 years old when I went down there than I would have been if I was 21 and came right out of college. But I did have to kind of do some of the same things these young guys had to do. I went to a new team. I went moved to a new city. At this time, I had three kids and a wife that was pregnant with my fourth. Um, so we had that that uh, dynamic that we had to get adjusted to. And then I had to learn a new offense as well as a new uh, philosophy of how the game was was uh, was played. Because remember, I played in the United States in college, but then I played my pro ball in Canada, which was a totally different system and a totally different rule set. So now I had to come back and adjust to what the NFL system was, learn my new players, learn a new, learn a new system. So yeah, in some ways I was a rookie, but I was mature enough because of my age and what I had experienced to understand what I had to deal with. All those years and all those games, how how did injuries injuries affect you? Do any linger right now? I feel really good, to tell you the truth. I uh, was going to the gym today, and uh, I still go to the gym a couple of times a week. Um, I feel great. I, I came out of it pretty good. You know, the God, gods took very, very good care of me, and I took care of my body. Um so, yeah, I don't have anything that I wake up lingering with or anything like that. I can still throw the football with my son, and uh, I still work out on the treadmill and all the different things to keep myself in shape. So I feel pretty good right now. Warren Moon joins us. Warren, we saw Joe Burrow. He was coming off an injury, didn't play in the preseason, and Cincinnati's offense really struggled. And there was a lot of offenses in week one in the NFL that struggled, and a lot of them didn't play their starters very much. Do you think they've gone too far as far as not playing any of your starters offensively and some even defensively in the preseason? Does there need to no. be like a half or a quarter? Or do you think it's smart not to play them at all? No question about it. They've gone too far. They're so worried about injuries and uh, nobody wants to put their players out in a, in a meaningless game because they don't want them to get hurt. But Joe Burrow got hurt in practice. You know, he hurt his calf muscle in practice. So football players are going to get hurt. You don't know where it's going to happen or when it's going to happen. Uh, injuries happen in sports, uh, but but to go this far as to not have your team go out and play at all throughout the preseason game, and you can play all these these inter squad scrimmages and different things that they do against other teams, but it's not the same as going out into a stadium where there's sixty thousand, seventy thousand people. Um, these games mean something now, where preseason games don't mean a lot. And that's your first time going out there? No, you're asking those guys almost the impossible to go out there and perform well. So some guys did yesterday, like Tua. Tua had a great game for Miami, but then you look at Joe Burrow, he really, really struggled because he didn't play very much. So I think guys should play at least one preseason game just to get used to the fact that this is a real game and everything that goes along with it. But uh, like I said, these coaches are so scared of their players getting hurt, and that's not the way to play the game of football. You can't play scared. Warren, for many years, of course, you've been an analyst, and so you, you understand all the positions. But the quarterback's one that gets a lot of talk. And uh, you talked about the development of young players and, and Trevor Lawrence. And when you look at Trevor Lawrence, the rookie, and I know it's only one game, but you look at Trevor Lawrence now, where, where do you see where we're going to have the most growth in his performance as a quarterback this season? I think the experience of being in this system for his second year in a row, you know, his first year, uh, he was under Urban Meyer in their system, and now he went uh, to the new system last year, did pretty well, and it really came on strong at the end of the year. You could tell he was really starting to feel more comfortable with it, 
over the last half of the season as they went into the playoffs. Now he's had another whole offseason, training camp, preseason, and he's going to be, be that much better in the offense because he knows what he likes. Their coaching staff knows what he likes. They'll eliminate those other things that he doesn't do as well. And that's where you have the big improvement where they're, they're eliminating things that they don't need to use because he's not good at it or doesn't like it. And they're going to use the things that he's been successful at. So that has a lot to do with what happens between that first and second year. In his case, second and third year in that in that system. What do you think the biggest change in the position has been from when you came in to now? Uh, I think it's just coached better, for one. Uh, the, the passing game has really dominated uh, the NFL now over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. Um, the quarterback and the receiver has become the most uh, important guys on the offensive side of the ball. And then you left tackle to make sure you're protecting your quarterback. But you see what's been happening with the running back position, how it's been discounted. They don't want to pay running backs. Don't feel like they're as important. Don't feel like they have the longevity where the wide receivers now are making up upwards of $30 million a year. The quarterbacks are making up over $50 million a year. That's where the emphasis now is in the passing game. And, and uh, that's why they're trying to protect the quarterback as much as they can now. So you can't hit him anywhere, you know, in the head or in the knees or anywhere like that. You want to protect the most important commodities out there. And that's what they're doing. Or not. One last one uh, for me, anyway. When you look at the, the evolution of the game, and now, and I, I'm admittedly biased, probably, but I was a huge Dan Marino fan, and you know, yourself, and I look at Dan Marino and Warren Moon as like, you know, two of the strongest arms, pure passing quarterbacks in an era where it wasn't as pass happy as it is now, right? It's, it's no question. Do you ever sit and watch and say, man, it would have been fun to play now in this era as a quarterback and just imagine <laughs> what you could have done, or Marino and types like that, John Elway in this type of offense? I get that question asked a lot because our era, I think, kind of was the, the turning of the transition towards the passing game. You know, when, when I was with uh, Houston, we were running the run and shoot and, and spreading it out and throwing it all over the place. Uh, that's when you started to see the, uh, the change in, in the way the game was being played offensively. And Dan Marino was one of those guys who was, one of, like you said, one of the best passers in the history of the game. He was the all-time leading passer when I retired. And I think I was third at that time. You also had John Elway. You had Dan. I mean, you had uh, Joe Montana. Uh, you had Jim Kelly. You had uh, Troy Aikman. So all these guys I just named right there in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, some very, very great quarterbacks that could really throw the football, and they were just starting to take off in the passing game. And, and then that next generation came in, and it just kind of kept uh, evolving. And I lied. I do have one quick last one for Monday Night Football. What's your expectation of Aaron Rodgers? You, you know, you were a Hall of Famer. You did change teams late in your career. How difficult is it for him to go into a brand new team with all new teammates, new system, you know, new verbiage and everything? Yeah, there's an adjustment period. There's no question about it. But in his favor, he's going to the Jets where his offensive coordinator was with him in Green Bay. So they're basically running the same offense. He didn't have much learning to do. The other guys on the team had more learning to do because their offensive coordinator was uh, coming in this year where Aaron kind of knew everything. So Aaron was like a coach in the uh, in the meeting rooms because uh, he has such a familiarity with it and he could coach the rest of the players. But he's still making a change. He's going to a new team and he's done a great job, I think, of reaching out and, and really trying to learn his guys and take them out for dinner and take them to concerts and do all these different things. So. He has more of a relationship with them, and, and I think he's done a great job of that. Now we'll have to see what 
the proof is in the pudding when, when he goes out on the field because he's playing against a really good Buffalo team that has been together for a while. Everybody thinks that their window is closing and they better get their uh, Super Bowl done here pretty quickly. Um, so this is an important opener for the Jets, especially to be at home. Everybody's anticipating and, and wants, uh, wants good things to happen right away. This is a big game for Aaron and this team because of how much anticipation has been throughout the whole offseason. Warren, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We love your insight. Uh, you're looking great. Uh, enjoy the workouts, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the year. There you go. That is uh, the legend, Hall of Famer, Warren Moon. And I like what he said. He goes, hey, I think the quarterback position's fine. It's how they develop the quarterbacks. And we could make that argument in a lot of a lot of leagues, Terry, that they still rush some guys for whatever reason in pro sports. 18-year-olds in the NHL history shows. Uh, it's, not, it's not very favorable for most of them. Uh, when we come back, another edition of Ryan's Rant on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Jason Greger, Terry Ryan back with you on Monday edition of the Greger Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Of course, uh, Terry will be our uh, weekly Monday and uh, Thursday co-host. Now, there might be the odd show he has to miss coming up because he will be filming another season of Shorzy, which uh, season two comes out uh, later this month. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So we, uh, we look forward to it. Uh, I'm actually going to, uh, I'm starting to rewatch season one just so I'm up to date on everything. I, I, I like to do that for, uh, for short shows, uh, you know, comedies. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It just allows me stuff that made me laugh the first time. It's always good to, uh, to revisit it a little bit. Uh, do you ever, do you rewatch? Uh, yourself, Terry, like before you go to shoot, do you rewatch the season? So you're like, okay, this is how I was. Now I want to evolve my character at all. You know, it's a great question. I'm critical. It's the same thing with my podcast, but it, it is better to watch and it is better to listen again because you'll never get any better otherwise. And, uh, I mean, of all the things, I mean, I'm doing a stunt actually this Thursday and Friday. I'll, I'll be here for the show, but I'm just doing it early in the day on another show, uh, around here. But so like, meaning it's, it's, it's part of my livelihood. I don't always go back and watch, but when it comes to Shorzy, I mean, that's a different animal. It's a, I'm lucky to have it, but it, it's, it's so very um, popular and all encompassing. And, and you know that, and it seems like, you know, if things knock on wood, we're going to keep going. So it's in my best interest. And yeah. it is, look, I don't mind. I, I find it hard to plug things that I create, but I didn't have that. This is me being lucky. I'm delivering what Jared, Jared has written for me. So yeah. I don't mind saying that, you know, I think it is a good show. I think it's well-written and it's, it's kind of worth the say, especially you just said that. It's worth, trust me, I know what's coming in season two, and it certainly helps if you watch one again. Okay, I like it. Um, and they also, a little bit of a teaser. Have you ever had an on-screen kiss? Um, <laughs> that's a great question, my friend. Um, no, I haven't yet. Okay, so if you have one, is it, I know it sounds strange because obviously you've kissed people in your life. But yeah. it, normally when you kiss them, it's because you like you actually really like each other um, or you're attracted to one another. Um, is it is that a thing that you ever thought about it? And now I know that there might be some romantic uh, interludes this year with old Hitch. Um, are you prepared yep. to uh, it might to, happen this year? Who might, knows? But oh. am I prepared? So I was a stand in for a few years and a stand in is exactly what it sounds like. I was one of the breaks I got. Right. I was uh, I was crew on Frontier. I told you I had that one scene at the beginning. Yeah. But I was the same height and weight as one of the actors. Okay. So what they do is they get you in and they go through. They'll say, okay, we're going to block this scene and they'll get everybody in. They're not, they're in their street clothes. Not, and then when they go through it, 
They go to the trailer and get their hair and makeup done. Lighting gets all set up and you stand in their place for lighting purposes, right? And camera purposes. So when you're in that position, you're at ground zero. So you learn a lot about what's going around, uh, what's going on around you. So I was a stand in and on this show Frontier season two and three. And one of the girls that was standing in for the girl girls, but it was two of us basically. Um, they did call for that. So we, we were in bed and. You know, had to we had our clothes on and everything, but we had to simulate all of that stuff. Yeah, so I did actually kiss a girl, just wasn't on camera. Oh, okay. Were you nervous? It was pretty easy with this girl because we're in. <laughs> I mean, we're talking all day. You know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're you're on set for like twelve and fifteen hours most days. So, but it was. I mean, yeah. I, I remember thinking to myself, wow, if this was actually if the cameras were rolling, and I had to do this, there would have to be some chemistry. I can see how. I used to wonder how actors. Like, well, I'm like, well, if you're an actor, why would you be with another actor? Just knowing the grind of it and, you know, this, that, that this happens all the time. But I think it's because of those situations, knowing what I know and knowing, that, again, me kissing, not yet, hopefully here and there, but my, my roles will grow and I'll get to mature as an actor. But when I've seen it, you know, because there's a level you want to take the girl. If I was kissing somebody, I would want to take the girl out and at least be on. Let's be on the level here, you know. Let's not be totally out of the ball. But let's be nice. What would you like here? I'm going to put a breath mint in, but you know, do you like the Beatles? You want you want to listen to some live music? You want to go out for some wings? I don't know, something easy. But I could easily see how that could grow. You're doing something that not a lot of people are doing, and you got to put yourself in this yeah. world to be in love with this other person that's probably good looking. You know, I can see how it morphs into a relationship here and there. Yeah, no, I get it. All right, uh, let's get to Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical as uh, later this month. They will be celebrating their 50th year in business. Uh, Don started in his basement and they just kept growing, expanding people. Now Blake runs the, the company, a uh, huge office on the south side. They do tons of great work in the community. Uh, congratulations. ActionElectrical.net on 50 years. So you want some Ryan's rants. So I thought about this. And I actually didn't realize I was going to do one today. Now, that's not an excuse because I got one coming. But the one I'm going to talk about astrology, okay? Now, I don't want to upset anybody. And I know some people look at astrology like they look at religion, meaning it's a very polarizing subject. Look, I'll tell you this going in. I'm spiritual. I grew up Catholic. I believe in science. I find it kind of hard to believe in Noah's Ark and two of everything getting on an ark. But I do believe that most of the commandments make total sense. I believe have being spiritual People that have passed on, I, I'm not ruling out that they, there's some level of energy that I can maybe pray to them. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. I yes. meditate. I believe there's higher power powers, but I don't think, just my opinion, that we can categorize it into one. I don't. I, I think we probably can't comprehend whatever it is. So when it comes to astrology, I think that's the most obvious. One. I say this because I brought this up on my podcast a little while ago, and I had a bunch of people. Email me, um, DM me, everything else, tell, keeping me up to date on astrology and why I should get into it. And if there's one thing I don't love about religion, it's when religious people try to push it on me. Now, here's what I mean. So, first of all, if I'm going to buy astrology, I think I think what I'm talking about is there's 12 astrological signs. They almost line up with the months, not quite, but it's, there's 12 of them. And we're basing the stars, the sun, and the planets and where they sit on how that's going to affect one of these 12 groups, mm -hmm. me being a Capricorn, okay? If I'm wrong here, if, as, as for what you know, you correct me. So that's what we're saying. So first of all, the 
I mean, the biggest obvious flaw in that is that there's 12 sets of people that are going around and we're all being guided by some kind of, I don't know, gravitational supernatural pull from lights up in the sky. Now, in the year one, I can see that. I can see, you know what? Noah's Ark makes sense. There's nothing else going on. You know, what's that up there? That's Capricorn. We're looking at it. I don't know. Someone made a goat picture out of it. These are constellations that now... We know, now we know, that each one of those lights are millions and millions of light years away. It just took that long to get here. And if we were on this, if we were any other angle, we would realize that they're, they're not two-dimensional on a painting. If we were looking at them from the other side, they would, they would be millions of light years from each other. And it wouldn't even look like a goat or a Pisces or a Big Dipper or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just our angle. Now that we know how big the universe is, now that we've invented the wheel, We've come up with irrigation, agriculture, electricity, computers. We know all these things. Hell, some of these people that believe in astrology are going to travel provinces and miles, hundreds of miles throughout states, the other side of the country, so they can see an eclipse based on the very science that these people are telling us is why astrology is not, I don't want to say not real. I don't want to upset people. But in my mind, it's just like, put it this way, please. I respect everybody's personal space and what you might believe in. Hell, you got to believe in something, I guess. I don't mean hell. I mean heck, comma. You got to believe in something, I think, to be to have faith and to be a human. And I mean, we're here. It's a miracle. We're all here. But it doesn't have to be a miracle that was created by astrology. Please don't tell me that I'm going to have a bad day tomorrow because Neptune's fourth moon and Saturn's rings don't line up with the sun and Pluto the way in a desirable way, you know, I'm not going to miss a penalty shot because Jupiter's eighth moon isn't in line with the sun the way it should be. That's what I think. Uh. <laughs> so but, but just for the record, what are you a Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But- and I was raised Catholic and I, 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 I think there's things on both that there's parts of astrology and parts of not the U.S. There's parts of religions that, I'm sure makes sense, but you know, I'm ruling out astrology. I'm sorry. You're ruling out astrology. No, that's fair. I, uh, um, well, the thing that I get a chuckle about is because, uh, my birthday, where it lands on, I'm a Scorpio, but then you would read a different astrology book and then it says I'm a Libra. And I'm like, well, I grew up all the time believing I was a Scorpio and a lot of the traits that they say are your Scorpio. I'm like, yeah, okay. I kind of get that impatient at times, you know, a few other things. Sure. Uh, and then when it switched, I was like, well, how can you have two different dates? So all already I'm skeptical because the dates move depending on which astrology book you're reading. So there's, that's my only major complaint is they don't even have consistency on the most simple thing of a start date and an end date for each one. That's well, piece. yes, and and in in the other ones, at least the, the 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 god or form of higher power is not really visible. So there's a level of mystery to it. But this it's been proven. We know what those lights are now. That's not a light. That's a planet. That's not a light. It's a star. That's Alpha Centauri. This is our galaxy, the Milky Way. I, again, I get it again when we, when we were making fire and coming up with the wheel. You had to have some reason, you know. I could see it even, like I said, in the year 200, more than like, as time went on. I mean, just if all of them, if any of them were proven to be untrue, I think it's astrology, right? 
Well, we got the text lines humming. We'll get to that uh, when we return. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love, no, that's I'm good. good. Hey, it creates, creates conversation. I like it, uh, Jason Greger. Uh, uh, Terry Ryan, that was uh, Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical. Trust me, there's no joke. It doesn't matter what sign you are. They will fix you properly. Any issues you have, Action Electrical will fix it. Uh, when we return, Annie Petrillo makes her Sports 1440 debut. She will join us uh, every Monday in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 